Blog Talk Radio. This is the year of the soldier. This is, you know, stand up or, or fall back. You know, I don't really have time to be worried about whether you fuck with me or whether you don't. You know, I, I own a brand called Zero Fuck. So like, do you think that I give a fuck whether you fuck with me or not? I fuck with you. We have a million other things that we could be talking about and we could be doing. And right now, I think that my duty is to other human beings. You don't gotta fuck with me, I fuck with me. You know what I'm saying? These people that buy my brand, they fucks with me. You think that I see because if you're in such pain that you see, you, you think that everybody sees how much in pain you are. Because I'm, I'm coming out a little bit stronger this year. Like, I'm here to everybody. People that are coming to me to help, healing, they literally get right here. All right, y'all, I am here, and um, today is going to be a very special church uh, for y'all because um, today is November 17th, uh, 2019, and 20 years ago today, my dad passed away from um, complications due to leukemia and lymphoma. Um, My dad was around my age when he passed, which is so crazy because um you you think about the fact that when you're in your 40s you don't realize that the life expectancy is so low right now that technically we are in our midlife <clears throat> so you will see um women just so you know in your late 30s and early 40s a lot of men going through midlife crisis because this is literally the middle of your life. It used to be 50. I don't know why, you know, men would go crazy at 50 because you weren't living to 100. But um, today's a very different show Um, because I I told you I do church for y'all, and I do Tell the Truth Tuesday for myself, so I'm going to kind of blur the lines on that today. So I always remember November 17th because um, my dad passed, like so a series of events happened in my life on November 17th. So first it started in 99 my dad passed, right? So it was before the new millennium. I was living in Pittsburgh at the time. And I'm not going to go into the details because if you read the book, he has a, an entire chapter in my book, Stay in Your Lane, A Diary of a Hot Mess on Amazon and Kindle. And um, you'll see, you know, how my relationship was with my father. It was very distinct, right? So that happened. Um, several years later, November 17th, uh, we woke up to my mother uh, slumped over in the basement, and um, she had had a plausible um, overdose, and we had to rush her to the hospital. My son actually was the one that found her as a child, so you're talking about This was in, let's see, she passed in 2013, so in 2012, this incident happened, so seven years ago, my son was eight. November 17th, uh, I also went and bought my car, 
uh, that day. We took her to the hospital. I knew that um, if she survived, I needed to. And my relationship with my mother is very, uh, it's, it's a big dichotomy, right? Because although I love my mother to death, it was my mother was my first abuser. My mother was um, many things, right? And that's why when y'all come at me about this book, uh, Black Girl's Book of Shadows, it's so very difficult for me to write it because I have to literally relive everything. And I keep telling y'all that. Like, I'm really to the point where I don't even want to put the book out just because it's just so hurtful, right? And I, I have to, but I have to do it because I'm in healing. I'm on the precipice of a new, not so much life, but like a new day. So I broke whatever generational curse was placed on my family. I already broke that by having my son, which is my, my son is so important in my life. Um, and that's, that's a whole other story. We'll talk about that in the book. So November 17th is also the day, I believe it was 2008, that I was stabbed in the face because it was my girl Bobby Joe's birthday party down in um, Tampa. I was stabbed in the face at a very, very high-class, multi-million-dollar club. We were in a VIP section, a girl that shouldn't have been in there um, because of my knowledge of a friend of mine. She's throwing ice at my friends. I've always hung with a bunch of baddies, always. So you're either really smart or you're really pretty, and that's, <laughs> that's usually why we're friends. So, um, And some of y'all are both. So, you know, I, I have people that assume that my friends will not beat your ass, like, so I used to stick up for a lot of people all the time and then realize that if you're not going to stick up for yourself, I'm not going to do it either because you can't use my crazy against me, right? So I end up with a glass smashed on my face on November 17th, I believe it was 2008, um, subsequently a year or two after my divorce. I mean, it might have been 2009. I blur the years, but the date remains the same, November 17th. And... Um, I was cut to the white meat on my face, so I have, like, some scarring. I had an excellent plastic surgeon, you know, and dermatologist and skin treatments, whatever. But a strange girl, right, just out of the blue, because that's normal, right, like to take a glass and smash it in someone's face that you've never seen before. And um, subsequently, I ended up busting her nose open like a tomato, looked like a burst of tomato, and I got jumped. And then it was just it was just a whole situation. So November 17th has always been a bittersweet day for me. And so obviously I'm not in that same place of detriment and despair because I am walking in alignment. And so, you know, I, I look at my father, right? And and so now I have to come full circle and say, okay, what was it? So So I have two conversations with myself on a daily and weekly basis. What is it that I'm supposed to be doing? And you can pray about that. Like you can literally ask the universe, what is it that you want me to do? And the universe will very clearly give you signals and symbols. But one of the things I'm not going to do because I was raised by Mark Ezell, who was my father, um, it hurts my feelings, it's upsetting to me, and when I am poor, I am angry. Okay, I'm very angry. Now, coming from a sickness, okay, where in 2017 I was diagnosed with um, fibroid tumors that, you know, turned cancerous just slightly, not anything major, but I did have to have, you know, the tumors removed, 20-some pounds of tumors. And it was crazy to me how I thought 
you know what's funny is, is I wanted to leave my job around that time. I wanted to leave my job. I'm like, this, I, you know, I don't have to do this. People were getting on my nerves. Um, I make very good money, but people were getting on my nerves, and I was just like, I got to get out of here. The minute that you say things like that, the universe conspires to make that happen for you. The universe doesn't care whether you have a plan or not. Oh, you don't want to be there? Okay, we'll make sure that happens. So I was off for three months, and I remember I couldn't wait to um, get back to work, right? I was in pain. Um, I just couldn't, you know, I, I didn't want to be at home. Even when I was a stay-at-home mom, I didn't really like um I didn't really like being at home. I loved being with my son, but I always wanted to do something, right? And it's because now now that things are coming full circle and I'm in alignment with what's supposed to be going on, it's because my father always instilled in me that, you know, pretty doesn't pay the bills, right? Anything that a man does for you should be extra, right? So that's always been in alignment with who I was. So when when people say, like, Denise, you're a gold digger, you're this, is this, you only talk to dudes that got money, that's not true. But even if it was true, let's say it is true, what am I supposed to do? Do you, do you want me to talk to somebody that's financially decrepit? I'm just very confused because, see, that's not in alignment with how I was raised and who I'm supposed to be right now, Okay. I'm a single mother, so it doesn't matter how much money that you think I have. It is not in alignment for me to be a broke-ass bitch. It's just, it's not. I, I can't do that. So people that say to me, like, oh, you have five jobs and all these businesses, they must not be doing that well because you still keep your job. No, honey, I like money. I like insurance. And so whatever these good people want to say to me on a daily basis at my job, I had to learn that when that deposit hits every week, when my insurance pays for everything, okay, my surgery was $44,000. I paid two grand, okay? Um, that's what that job pays for. That job pays me to be able to have freedom for my kid to be able to come in the house and be like, yo, I need $300 to go to this camp. I need $200 for this. These sneakers that I want, the loot of them was $600. That's what it's for. My son does not know any of the financial struggle or hardship that we as kids, me and my brothers, faced. He doesn't know anything about it. He's not spoiled in the sense of where he's like, oh, I need the, the Yeezys because that would never happen. But my son is just, he literally, if you, if you met him, he's the most easygoing kid because he does not worry about finances in the exact same way that I never worried about whether my dad was going to pay the bills. So in my book, I talk about what deteriorated, what I think deteriorated my parents' relationship. And it was my father subsequently lost his job. He was laid off. So this is one of those things that through no fault of his own, he was laid off. And I think it hurt his soul that as a provider, especially in the 80s, that he was unable to provide for his family. I think that that really took him out. And he tried. He did everything. He even switched careers, which is why right now I'm at odds with the brother, um, my, my little brother, not the youngest, but the oldest of my younger brothers. Um, we're at odds right now because I had a very specific conversation with him about being a parent. And one of the conversations that was the most profound to me before my mother passed away, we were in the kitchen, she's in the cabinet. And I said, Mom, I said, what's your greatest accomplishment? And she said, my children. 
And that, like, kind of touched me because I'm like, wow, you know, I had just dropped my book, you know, and, you know, I just, I like, what do you mean? You haven't accomplished anything besides your children? Like, what? You got four kids. And she says, yeah. She said, Denise, if you ever notice, she goes, I never had a career. She goes, I just did what I needed to do to pay bills to be able to take care of my children. And that hurt a little bit, right, because, you know, I went to college. I did all those things. And I literally do not work in the field that I went to school for. I went to be a counselor for youth at risk in Tampa Bay Academy, which was in Tampa Bay, Florida. Uh, When I lived there, my son was maybe like two years old at the time. And I was like, okay, I want to work, whatever. And um, I remember working there thinking to myself, I literally went to school and spent all this money to come here to do this. And I'm burned out. Um, These kids are not going to get better, most of them, 90% of them. Uh, One of them went on to rape six little boys as soon as he was discharged when he was 18. That was politics, right? Because he's 18, he's an adult. He can. So you go from a facility to now you're in the streets. The disorder didn't change. So I had I had to um, get out of that environment because it wasn't in alignment with what I thought that I was supposed to be doing, which is helping people, right? So I was like, no, I just want to help mentally ill people so I can understand my mom, I can understand my family. And so my dad, since it's his day, um, when he left this earth, when he left this realm, before he left, he was very stern in the way that we were raised, right? So being a whore was unnecessary. You know, my dad used to tell me, if you're dealing with some man, um, don't ever come and ask me for money to fix your car to do anything because I ain't got it. He said, because if you're laying up under somebody else's son, then make sure that that's somebody that can take care of you because if not, that that's basically it's not in alignment with what, who I've raised you to be. Y'all are not going to get along. I told y'all about a girlfriend of mine that was saying, like, one of my exes, she's like, this isn't going to work because who he is is not in alignment with who you are. It goes against all your morals and values. And, yes, I do have morals and values. And she was right. So in the end, that thing that itches you, that's your alignment, right? So right now my alignment has changed, right? It's just like when you're tired, you know, like a wheelbase, right? So I don't know much about cars. My sister is actually a mechanic, my baby sister, yes. And um, <clears throat> what I do know is that if I hit a bump in the road, sometimes my alignment is off with my car, right? So I have to get that fixed. So my alignment right now, and I'm not afraid to say this because it's something that I've been manifesting for a long time, is within two years' time, I will own a very specific piece of property that I will have worked for, which means that anything that is not in alignment with that piece of property, right, it, it cannot exist. And the alignment doesn't have anything to do with my purpose. It's about how I'm about to get my money. So, yes, that is part of purpose, but my purpose is to be a mother to my son, later on a great partner to somebody's son, and to take care of my people, okay? People that are good people, those are my people. Black, white, doesn't matter. You're all my people, okay? And if I can do things that help people heal holistically from the earth, that is what our ancestors did. That's part of the alignment. But in order for me to do that, i got to go to work, right? So you look at my father who was taking the ability, the ability to work was taken away from him. He didn't do anything. There was no, you know, he was laid off. 
that worked for about six months, and I could see the strain, and I talk about this in my book. As a child, I could see the strain in the home. Our meals went from these beautiful, like, three-course meals to just, you know, chicken and rice. So just, you know what I'm saying? My mom grew her own vegetables in the back. We had Rottweilers. We had, you know, we had everything, you know, and um, it just got real thin, right? So eventually my father took a job as a security guard, which is so funny because that's what my brother does right now, the baby, who just um, inherited my father's house recently, quite recently. So it's just you see how everything is just in alignment. So you could be in alignment with something, or something can be in alignment with you, and you not even know that that's coming for you because you didn't manifest it. It's just something that the gods want you to have, something God wants you to have, right? My brother didn't know that he was going to end up with that house, but it would make sense that he would because he's the oldest boy. He's named after our father. So I, um, you know, I started looking at, in 2017, after that unfortunate incident, I started looking at things that were not in alignment with who I was as a person and with where I was trying to be. Now, I didn't know where I wanted to go because I told you everything with my companies happened very quickly. And I was like, oh, wow, you know. Um, And so I had to start making moves legally that put me in positions so that when that time came, I was able to move effortlessly to do what I needed to do. So I've aligned myself with the right people. Crystal People Stokes, she's our majority leader in the 141 district. I've aligned myself with um, the Human Rights Commission and things like that. So there's a certain code of, you know, code of conduct that I need to have. But let's just say that they say, you know what, what you're saying, what you're doing on your shows is not alignment with who and what we are. That's okay because I already got my two-year bid in with y'all and I can move on. But if I hadn't, then I would have to conform. So I'm not in a space of conforming right now, except for I mind the business that pays me. It's business. It's, it's never personal with me. And that comes from my dad, right? You think my dad went to work at a graphite factory and came home with his lungs full of carbon every day because that's what he wanted to do and that's what he liked to do. <clears throat> no. But he loved being able to send my mom to get her hair done. He loved being able to put clothes on us and buy me little ponies and things like that. So that's, you know, what alignment was for him at that time. So I don't think that my father self-actualized into a god yet. I definitely just think that he was a king, right? And so as I function and I move in my 40s, right, I have to move with people, places, and things that are in alignment with what I'm trying to do. Now, I just had an incident where within the last 30 days, two people have come to my place of employment with guns with the intent to kill somebody in the exact same room that I work in, okay? Um, I literally work in Gotham City. This is literally where I work. And, um, but I love my job. And when I don't love my job, I take a break. I take a vacation. Even if it's just to go to the mall and burn up some money or to hop on a flight and get up out of town or to run away to Mexico like I did last summer, um, that, these, these little breaks are important. People underestimate the fact that Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and if you Google it, Maslow, M-A-S-L-O-W, if those things are not in conjunction from the bottom all the way to the top, if one of those things is out of place, you're not going to have a happy time. So my alignment started changing when I started realizing my son is going to be 18 soon, 
And so this whole life that I had planned didn't work out because I thought I would still be married. I thought I would, you know, I'd been married 16 years if I had stayed. Um, And it didn't work out like that, right, because that's not in alignment with who I was supposed to be. And you can always tell people that are out of alignment because they're suffering. So one of my good friends, she was in a job, master's degree level, all that, right? She's in a job. She's working for the community. She's working in social services. She's working in that type of job, right, with mental mental health patients, right, which is probably what made us close in the first place. And the job stressed her out so bad because that burnout issue. There was no vacation. There was no amount of time that was going to fix it, and she left her job. Quite abruptly, she left her job. And now she works in the same facility I do. But now she's making $12 an hour, not the 70 grand that she was making a year. That is a huge and horrible pay cut. And now, you know, she's understanding that maybe there were certain things that she did in haste that were not in alignment. If she would have been thinking about it, right, or had a specific thing that she was trying to get to, to align herself with, she wouldn't have left that way. Or she would have found another job within that same type of um, structure, but just in a different facility. But, you know, she her daughter's older, her daughter's 18, and I think this is part of our midlife crisis, right? So she's making $12 an hour. And I cannot tell you the pain that I see in her face and in her voice when I speak to her because she's now understanding I'm getting paid $12 an hour to be talked to like I'm an idiot. And I have college, you know, education. I have degrees. I've worked in corporate America. I used to wear suits to work. Now I'm sitting here um, taking orders from someone who is my daughter's age. That's how she's, she's taking it. And it's starting to wear on her self-esteem. Now, if that wasn't so, – so do I think that this job is in alignment with who she's supposed to be? No. Do I think she acted in haste? For sure. But do I also know that she was suffering where she was? Yes. But if she had a plan, she could have executed it a little bit differently, which is what I think happened with my dad. So my dad's plan was just I'm going to work at this plant, I'm going to retire, you know, and now I understand why these men, our men, are having all these problems transitioning. So I, I was in Florida when the housing market crashed, right? I, I literally, I went to work and my job didn't exist anymore. Okay. Apex mortgage, you can Google that, right? Uh, and so I've always had this fear of financial security. And so the moves that I'm making right now are making sure that my financial stability is set up for my lifetime, my child's lifetime, my grandchildren's lifetime, and so on and so forth. I'm literally making something so amazing for people, for access, but everything has to be in alignment. One wrong slip-up, one fight, one issue, and everything is taken away from me. And that's the problem. We need to be able to create jobs, right, in addition to where we work at. These banks are shutting down every day. These clothing stores are shutting down every day. You don't know, okay? So alignment for me is always about financials because I've seen what lack of financials does, okay? My kid can't eat hope. My kid can't eat, you know, oh, we had a sale and nobody bought anything, 
which that's never happened, but I'm just saying my kid can't eat that. My kid eats every single day, okay, well at that. So my goals and my dreams have nothing to do, mostly don't have anything to do with my alignment. My alignment is this is what I'm doing for myself, this is what I'm doing for my people, right, and for my child. But my goal is to make it so that I don't need the job that I'm at anymore when it's time. You know, I had a bad day because I tell you I only have two bad days a year, give or take. And something just happened this day, and I got into it with this um, this Asian lady. And it was so bad because it was the way she talks to me. So so because I'm very royal and just the way that I function and the way I treat other people, when you talk to me like you're a little bit crazy, this upsets me, right? Because I'm like, first of all, who are you talking to? Like, what, what? So I get into it with this lady, and it was just to the point where, I literally, same thing, was ready to, like, go find a job. I'm telling my girlfriend. Then I thought about it. They pay me a lot of money to come here and deal with this. And this job is the pathway to get to where I need to be within two years, right? And so if I have to listen to this girl in these raggedy, stinking, pissy pajamas, talk to me like she's crazy, and then I had her thrown out the next day. I mean, this is what I do, right? So I had her thrown out the next day. She was banned basically on punishment in her room. Um, so this is what I do. So I fight with paperwork and power over just we're having this verbal tete-a-la-tete. I, I don't do that anymore. And I learned that from my dad. So I think that part of people dealing with alignment is understanding that when you're suffering, it's because you're out of alignment. When you're drinking too much, that's out of, you're out of alignment. When you're sleeping with people that, listen, let me tell you something. I stopped having sex, not because I don't like sex. I love sex. Let's just get that straight. I, I, I enjoy it because I always love or really like the person that I'm sleeping with, right? So when I met the demon, remember I told y'all that I was like, I can't do this because I know for a fact he is not in alignment with where I'm trying to go. He cannot assist me in getting where I need to be. So there is no point. And I can't help him either because it's not my job. And there's a very good reason why I can't help him. But um, you're not in alignment with what I'm trying to do. You're really just here for pleasure, right? So if I allowed you to have some pleasure, sir, right, the demon, <coughs> What's that going to get me? I'm not, I'm not in a place right now where I, I want to play games with people. I'm, I'm not going to play the game, right? So we can do whatever. And, yes, you might come and remodel both my houses for $18. You might do, which I chose someone else to do the job. But what I'm saying is, is that this is going to get very messy. And you can always tell a demon because I call anything that knocks me off my game from where I'm trying to get to or what I'm trying to be a demon. So if it's food, if it's alcohol, if it's time management, if it's your bum-ass friends, if it's any of that stuff that's keeping you from getting to where you need to be or getting to your money or getting into your power, it's, a, it's demonic. It's, 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 it's a demon, and you need to get rid of it. I see a lot of men, women too, but I want to get with y'all men. I see a lot of men that lack self-control. And this is so upsetting to me about your dick discernment because you literally are dealing with women a lot of the time, and I've watched my brothers do it, literally. My brothers are givers, okay? Um, I've watched my one brother literally pay off a girl's car. She lived with him. She smoked all his weed. And then when he got custody of my niece, the girl's kind of like, oh, this isn't what I signed up for. I'm like, dude, y'all been together for like seven, eight years, right? Um, and then they bounced. They used my brothers. And 
this is not so so that girl when you knew that you weren't going to marry her five years ago six years ago it's out of alignment why do you keep doing it and it's okay to like walk away from situations and be like yo we have a great time but this isn't going anywhere Okay, this isn't going anywhere. I've given you too much time, and you're not making any moves with it. I need to move on, not to be with somebody else, but just to be in alignment with just who I am. So I see you men have disgusting dick discernment, like where you act like you have no self-control. There is nothing more unattractive than a man that lacks self-control. And self-control and what he's eating. Like a lot of y'all dudes talk all this trash about women, and you can't even control what's going in and out of your mouth. You're overweight, you're pre-diabetic, you're fat, you're whatever whatever you call us, you're the same thing, right? Because it's okay for you to say that about women, and we're out here giving birth and having to, you know, make sure y'all are okay and suffering from incommunicable diseases because we have a womb, you know, and y'all are just allowed to be out here with a receding hairline, you know, half titties and drooping balls. I, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I don't want it, and I'm not doing that. My dad was thin. My dad was attractive. Like, he kept himself up. My mom kept her, herself up. I, they just came from a different era. Now, my mother, to this date, would have been married to my stepfather, which is another man, for 27 years. My mother was very, very pretty. She was bad as hell. So, you know, I look at her, and I just think, where was her alignment? This whole life she suffered because she never had a goal other than to just feed her kids. And I, I don't want to be like that, you know. My mother's literal goal was I just want to take care of my kids because she remembered what it was like when she had to go back to work. And I think that's what killed my parents' relationship is because as a man, my father was so concerned with providing and being the provider that he felt less than when he was unable to provide and my mom had to get a job. I think that literally, like, broke him in half. So... For me, my alignment is very different. So within the next two years, if it's not nothing to do with my houses, if it's not nothing to do with moving, if it's not nothing to do with farming, if it's not nothing to do with anything I'm trying to do in the next two years, I'm literally not doing it. Man, female, I don't care. And so when we talk about alignment, like if you were to ask me what my purpose is, I, I, I don't know because we're not done self-actualizing yet, right? But I do know that my purpose is not centered around a partner. I do know that. I do know that I was raised to think that men were disposable because that's how they treat us. You know, have you ever met a man that literally, I don't know, ladies, I, I'm, I'm very um, indifferent because I've never seen the relationships like what my parents had, even my mom with my stepdad. Do you know that my stepdad, you know what, I, you want to know what love is? So my mom was dead in the room for like eight hours, right? And I slept in the room right next to her. This is another reason when y'all, when y'all say like, oh, but you ended up moving back into your mom's house, right, because she died here. So sometimes I feel her here, sometimes I don't. And, um, but it's my house. So, hmm. but anyway, so my stepfather, my mom had been dead for eight hours. And I remember my stepfather came home and he was very frantic because we would always check on her because sometimes she'd sleep, sometimes she'd be drunk, sometimes she'd be on pills. And um, I remember, and we'll talk about it in the book, Black Girls Book of Shadows, he gave her CPR. She had been dead for eight hours. Her face is blue, veins popping out of her face. And he's, like, trying to wake her up. And I remember thinking to myself, like, whatever my mom did, these men adored my mother. My mother, you know, they just, they tried. 
And so to give someone CPR after eight hours and you know they've been dead and they're just cold to the touch, that's love. If I've never seen love before, that that was it. Right? My father, married to a whole other woman, had another child. I have another brother. I have two brothers named Michael, actually, stepbrothers. And um, my little sister and my stepbrother were playing in the pool. Because, you know, my family is very blended. You know, after a while, when everybody's done trying to kill each other, you know, we can all come together and have a pot pie, chicken pot pie, you know. And um, I remember my dad telling me, he says, you know, I never really stopped loving your mom. You know, he's like, I wasn't sleeping in the same bed as his current wife. And that's no disrespect to her because she just passed away. May she rest well, my dad's uh, second wife. And, um, you know, he just said, you know, I just, your mom, you know, she didn't want more kids and this, this, and this, and then to see her having a child. And, you know, in that moment I realized that people's alignment changes, right? So maybe when you're with one person the goal was this and then you get with someone and they open your eyes up or life happens, right? My mom got pregnant with my baby sister when I was a senior in high school. Definitely wasn't a planned pregnancy, right? Um but my sister's 27 years old. So it's like I think sometimes the gods throw things in your way, right? So if you're on your path to greatness and you're trying to figure out what your purpose is, first align yourself with things and nouns, people, places, and things that make you feel good, right? So it makes me feel good to be able to be healthy again and to go to work. And I'll never forget this quote from Jeffrey Lewis Owens, He played Alvin Thibodeau on the Cosby show. And um, he's actually the son of Congressman uh, Major Owens. So y'all remember Jeffrey was working at Trader Joe's, and this girl took a picture of him, and she was like, wow, mama is out here broke, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And a lot of people don't realize that Jeffrey is a Yale uh, University graduate. And I remember he got on TV, and he talked about this, and it just, it always, like, struck me, right? And he says, first of all, he said, when y'all did what y'all did to Mr. Cosby, all the syndication and all those checks that they were getting over the years ceased, right? Because remember, they snatched the Cosby show off television with the rape allegations. He suffered, okay? And he said, I've been married. Um, I believe he has children. And he says, you know, it is an honor to be able to go to work. He says, so it doesn't matter to me whether it's Trader Joe's or wherever it was that I worked. Trader Joe's gave me exceptional insurance. And so for somebody that was just sick, you know, that really just, you know, because I think my care would have been different if I didn't have insurance, right? So he's like, it is an honor to be able to even be healthy, to stand on my feet to work. He said, I will always work. And so he started this wave of people um, that were coming forward just being proud to be able to go to a job every day. So the thing that you complain about the most, I've seen taken away from people, mainly my father. And so I have an issue. So so when y'all say, like, Denise, you're a gold digger, you only talk to dudes with money, well, my dad had money. You know, my family, I didn't realize we were poor until I got to college, but we had everything we needed. I don't recall, like, these bad times right? Because my dad always worked. And so when people say like, oh, you're so motherly, dude, I was cooking my dad dinner when I was like 10 years old. Like I was in the kitchen with my mom. Like that's what you did. You sent your daughters into the kitchen with your mom. You learned how to make pie crust. You learned how to season chicken, 
and wash it. You learned how to make beef stew. Like you learned how to cut up a deer and fish and everything else. So I never was like maybe the little girls that y'all grew up to be, but I was definitely much like my father's child. So it's just a little bit different when you have a dad that hunts and fishes and literally goes out on the land and gets your food. So we thought it was a cool thing, not realizing that that deer would feed us for, you know, a month or two, right? And um, it, it, it is an honor to be able to just even be alive, right? So when you've almost died a couple of times, like at the hands of somebody else, at the hands of a car accident, at the hands of cancer, or at the hands of any incommunicable disease, you kind of live a little bit differently because you understand that if I wasn't in a place where I had a purpose and I wasn't affecting so many people in this lifetime, you don't know how many people that you affect just by existing, just by being awake, Right, just by, I, like I told you, I met Leah Pennyman that wrote the book Farming While Black and I Broke Down Crime because she really is just this regular person, right, and doesn't realize the impact that her words had on me when I read it that influenced me to do the things that I'm doing right now to secure the bag for my family and future generations because this is what we should have been doing all along, right? So anything that is out of alignment with what it is that I'm trying to do, it has to go. Getting money. I just realized I'm not a gold digger. I'm definitely not. Getting money to me is in alignment with my star player, which is who I am. I am the star player of my life, right? That's from Cat Williams, right? So getting money means, am I going to go to work and get disrespected here and there? Yeah, I will. But when I think about what them checks do, when I think about what my salary does, I'm like, look, you can say whatever you want to say, little bald-headed man. I'm good on that. I got, I got stuff to do in the next two years and not you or anybody else is going to stop me from doing it. You know, and we also have to stop announcing our moves. We also have to stop telling people, oh, I can't wait until I don't work here no more because the minute that you say that, my, I don't think my dad ever said like, oh, I hate my job or, oh, I can't wait to get up out of here. I know my father never said that. My father liked working overtime. He liked being able to bend over backwards for his family, and it's ultimately the thing that actually killed him. I don't want to have to work like that in my 40s and 50s. I want to be able to say, you know what, I can get up and I can go do this, right? So I have to start thinking of a retirement plan because I don't want to retire from the industry that I'm in. But also I have to deal with ageism, right? So we're in our midlife. You think that they are going to pay me what I'm worth, which is well in the six figures, right? And they can just pay a 20-something, a, literally a third of that. The average black person in America with a college degree makes $50,000 a year. And I'm praying that that's after taxes, because if it's before taxes, oh, honey, that's 35000 a year. Okay? You make hundred grand, they automatically take 40% off top. So hundred grand is really sixty grand in America's terms, right? Which is what, $1,200 a week? So before you go making choices and decisions that are out, so my alignment has always been with money, right? Because I, I grew up watching it. My parents owned everything that they did. It might not be much, but they own their cars. They own their homes outright, no mortgages, no nothing. So I live my life like that. So I'm not apologizing for that anymore because that's how I was raised, right? So I had a dad. So I had somebody that I can mimic like, okay, if it doesn't look like this, it's probably not in alignment with what I'm going to be comfortable with submitting to. So you have to figure out, you don't need to figure out your purpose. You need to figure out your alignment, right? 
So if your alignment is that you are supposed to be helping children or you are supposed to be, you know, a parent or whatever, whatever is in alignment with what you're trying to do, do that. Don't, like, take these, like, little discrepancies and these little, like, poor dick discernment moments and poor pussy management moments and think that, oh, and and that's fine, make your mistakes, but understand that every time you make a mistake, it pulls you further away from what it is that you're supposed to be doing. So you're never going to get to your purpose and you're never going to be in alignment when you keep doing things, not just from the flesh, but for stupidity or because you're acting on emotions. Y'all say that I don't have no emotions and I, you know, I'm just mean and all this other stuff. It's not that. It's that if I get emotional, it costs me money. Everything has to do with money with me. If I get emotional, it costs me money. I'm tired of spending money because I got emotional. I'm tired of losing money because I got emotional. My father didn't get emotional. My father was a big stately man, six five, thin, whatever. He went to work. He did what he needed to do. He took care of his kids. I'm thankful that I'm able to honor him in the way that I do, and I'm able to honor my mother in the way that I'm able to do that. And I don't care what anybody says. It takes money for me to be able to do that. So anything that is out of alignment of me getting to these points has to go. So I'm going to play for you a song that upsets me visibly every time that I listen to it. You will not get the full song, but the minute that the piano drops, you're going to know. And I actually talk about this song Uh, In my first book, I actually ended my first book with this. And, guys, enjoy your Sunday. Whatever makes you happy, do more of that. Whatever doesn't make you happy, do less. Cause my love is in there high 
I was singing this song 